to get started here, um, if if uh, one of you could just uh, give me a little rundown here as to who is all on this call today um, uh, doing this interview. Uh, so you've got with us uh, the four Affalter brothers. It's uh, Nathan, John, Heath, and Thomas. And we have our production company, Foreshadow Films, together, and we write, direct, and produce uh, lots of different content together. And then uh, Craig Langdon is our producer and executive producer on Altona. Okay. And speaking of Altona, we're here to talk today about the premiere of that film uh, that that you guys have put together. Uh, I understand it's being released this weekend? Yes, in its world premiere at the Whistler Film Festival on Saturday, December 2nd. And then there's a second screening in person on Sunday. And then starting Monday, December 4th, it will be streaming online for two weeks. So people from all over Canada have the opportunity to go and and watch the film through the Whistler Film Festival website. Okay, perfect. And so tell me about this film um, that has been titled Eltona. Um, it's a it's a story that, like I said before, you know, if you weren't around when the uh, incident happened, um, you certainly grew up knowing about it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the approach that you guys took to telling this story, um, because you're not doing it in the way that has been done in the past. You're not just rehashing what happened. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, it's been a long road to get to this point. Heath was, I believe, the first one who uh, heard about the story. He heard Tyler speak at uh, a church service he was at, and that was about 10 years ago or so. So quite quite a long time. And we've, and then, uh, you know, approached him afterwards and was like, yeah, I work, make films with my brothers. And we, it's a really powerful story you have. And would you consider making this a movie of some kind? And for a while, it wasn't, we weren't even sure if it was going to be, you know, a documentary or a, a scripted narrative piece. Um, we weren't sure what format the film would take, really. Um, and then it eventually sort of evolved over the years into us believing that it, sh- it should be a documentary just because the story is so incredible, um, for better or worse, that, you know, it making it something that was scripted or a narrative content might be, might actually take away from the power and um, sort of the visceral nature of of all the of all the humanity on display um so yeah we especially settled on a documentary and then craig who uh has has recently started his production company uh langer films uh, starting to produce films stuff like that came we 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 knew each other because we'd worked on other smaller projects um and he came to us and was looking for um looking for content looking for stories and we sort of told him about a few different projects we had on our slate and um, Tyler's story and the story of of Altona is one that really um, stuck with him, and he wanted to move forward with that. So Craig was really the one that allowed us to greenlight the project, uh, make it possible, and finally bring it bring it to life. And you know, full disclosure, we initially thought it was just going to be a story about Tyler mm. because because Tyler was the person that we knew, you know, and we knew his story and we sort of felt like, Oh, okay. It's just this miraculous survivor story, you know, and he goes on to live this, um, you know, really incredible life becoming a firefighter, even though he's been burned and giving, you know, motivational speeches to others, even though he's been through this harrowing experience. But the more we started interviewing people, the more we realized that the story, 
is more about the town than it is Tyler. Tyler is still the central figure in the film, but you know, there's a reason why the film is called Altona, and that's because the yeah the impact of the story really um, was felt throughout the entire community, and we found that there were still 30 years later, you know, still a lot of people that felt like it happened yesterday, you know, and it was still the impact was still right just right there underneath the surface, understandably so. So we felt like we wanted to do justice to the town and do justice to the community and do justice to the story. And it sort of broadened out from there. You know, I don't think any of us were ever interested in doing a traditional true crime where it's sort of, you know, cops and robbers or some of that stuff is honestly borderline exploitative of the victims and of the content. It's, you know, um, gory and slasher sort of vibes. And and none of us are really interested in doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, We did want to tell a story that, potentially is set up that way so the audience can be brought in if through that genre because it's a very popular genre but then you know very quickly sort of evolves into something more complex and complicated and full of full of nuanced humanity it's a story that doesn't have a lot of black and whites it's it's very very gray yeah yeah and one of the i mean along with as the story grew from being just about Tyler to being sort of about like all of these different lives that were affected by this incident, I think it kind of morphed too to also not just being about forgiveness, but also being about trauma recovery Mm -hmm. and how people move past trauma and how they deal with it. And sort of like the, the juxtaposition of the different ways that people can deal with trauma, whether they face it head on and are willing to sort of like, face the demons or if they would prefer to just kind of like try to bury it and move past it. And so it kind of, yeah, it took on these kind of larger themes than we had originally anticipated when we started making it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's one of the side effects of interviews I find is that you can always go in with one thing in mind, but as that conversation unfolds, you are, you kind of start unearthing these, these underlying themes and perhaps even elements that are, uh, not necessarily more interesting, but um, just offer a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And are important to show as well, where it's like, it feels like you're not, you've uncovered this stuff that you're like, oh, if we don't talk about this, then it feels like we're not doing justice to the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. You talked about how forgiveness is one of those underlying themes. Um, tell me a little bit about how... <clears throat> I guess how you went about telling this story um, and yeah, when it comes to forgiveness and then, and, and like you mentioned trauma recovery, what was the approach? Like once you guys decided that this was the angle you were going to take, how did you go about um, putting this, this story together in that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we're, we were very attracted to the story because of the forgiveness angle and because of, the trauma recovery, and especially because of the hope that mm. was inherent in 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 the town's, um, you know, sort of unquenchable spirit of moving forward, we we didn't want to. I think everyone's familiar with this story knows that there's a lot of darkness and a lot of uh, very very heavy, intense subject matter here. But you know, we really tried to go about it, telling a story that leaves people feeling like there is hope and that you can still move forward and that by relying on sort of the, you know, the love and camaraderie of your community or of your family or even just of your friends, then you can, you can move forward in, in the face of, 
um, something that seems unthinkably dark. So we're big fans of stories that have a kernel of hope, even if they're very dark overall. And we certainly um, found that in the story of Altona, that there's, there's, there is something to be moved by and sort of given, given that hope. So I assume that um, because the story is about the community and these bigger concepts, um, it was more than just sitting down and speaking with Tyler then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've definitely, we've, we talked to, um, you know, a lot of members of Tyler's family, but also members of the, the Klassen family, of Curtis's family, um, you know, members throughout the community, sort of community leaders or people that were, that were uh, sort of front row seats to, to the event 30 years ago. Um, we even talked to, we talked to, we filmed more interviews than even ended up in the film. You know, we talked to trauma uh, therapists and experts and, <clears throat> you know, psychologists and stuff like that, just to really make sure that um, we understood the topic as well and that we could do justice to it um, and weren't just trying, sort of trying to sensationalize this story or this piece, but instead we're giving a very grounded, uh, empathetic view of of what the story is, trauma trauma recovery and forgiveness, you know, and there's varying degrees to that. Um, some people we spoke to had total forgiveness. You know, Tyler is someone who feels like when he spoke to Earl um, and he forgave him, um, Tyler feels like he's he's achieved total forgiveness towards towards Earl. But there were other people that we spoke to that d- didn't necessarily have that forgiveness and were necessarily looking for it. Um, and we as filmmakers certainly didn't want to take an approach that says, you know, that was qualitative as in this is right or this is good or this is bad or that's wrong. We just wanted to show that there's a, a myriad of different ways that you can react to an incident like this and judgment free. You know, who's to say what's better or worse or what's right and what's wrong. Um, humans are complex and different and have different reactions to traumatic incidents like this. So we, so, but there is still, everyone does still have a reaction, you know, and by exploring that and looking at people's journeys, I think there's a lot of uh, very interesting and, and fascinating and I, and yeah, hopefully um, optimistic or a, a positive prism through which you can view everything. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that, that you guys learned or pulled from? from this process of, of, of these interviews and putting this film together and sitting back and, and just kind of contemplating, you know, the last 10 years of this work and, and, and the concepts you were exploring, you know, for you individually, what did you glean from this story? Who's who's first? Someone else someone else talk. <laughs> I think I'll 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 jump get the ball rolling. I, I think one of the biggest things I learn um, through us filming, like throughout our filming and you know, in post production as we try to put the story together, um, a big thing that you end up learning and seeing is is um, everyone's perspective is different, hmm. right? So, so everyone has a way of viewing the same event through different lenses, and and uh, that's that's the humanistic kind of angle through the through the whole film, which is which is. Um, meant to try and shed some light on what some of those different perspectives are 
And um, some are actually quite shocking um, when you, you listen to people um, speak. And, uh, and, and when I say that, I mean it in a good way. Like it's, it's uh, um, I think all of us were surprised throughout the project on, as we spoke to people, just their different perspectives. And, and uh, um, I think we could have spent another five years interviewing around this um, subject and, and learned all along the way. And, and, uh, and that's, that's what made this, this film for, for me, certainly. And I, and I know for the brothers as well, um, it made it special to be able to experience that through other people's um, perspectives. Yeah. I think one thing I learned is just the idea that, forgiveness means different things to different people and that there's no right or wrong answer towards that. Like I think when we first started, started down this path, my thinking about it was sort of like what you were just talking about of this idea of like, well, if Tyler can forgive Earl for this horrific incident, why do so many of us struggle to like forgive for just like petty little things that happen through our life? And that was, sort of my thinking going into it, but I think coming out of it, it was much more a realization of like, you have to be ready to forgive. Like it's more about you than anything else. And so it's not something that's just so easy of like, well, this person went through something real bad and what's you, what you're going through is less than that. So you should be able to forgive more easily. And I don't think it happens like that. I think it's a very personal journey that, you have to go through on your own path and at your own speed and arrive, you know, at different places along the line. So that's some, that was, I think one of my big takeaways from it. Mm-hmm. We do all kinds of films and stories uh, over here. We don't necessarily only do documentaries. And I think that was honestly a pretty big challenge for us um, only in that all of us, all five of us are very, um, sort of empathetic individuals and it can be can be very difficult to go into a room and sit with someone and ask them to share uh, about the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their lives and then record it and then pack up the gear and leave you know it's it's a very especially in a story like this where what you're talking about is so uh, incredibly intense there's just so much struggling to find the right word for it. It's not it's not that you're haunted by it, but it's that, you know, you think about, I think we just ended up, all ended up caring about the people who we interviewed so, so much. Yeah. And you know, it was hard, it becomes very hard to separate your own personal feelings for these people who seem like such, such wonderful, you know, courageous, um, bold human beings who are willing to sit down and talk about this. And then, um, and then also being able to sort of have this objective, you know, storytellers view, you know, and documentaries are obviously very adjacent to journalism. So, you know, as you know, Candace, like what you're taught is like kind of put your feelings aside, right? Like the best journalist is someone who doesn't have an opinion and doesn't have feelings really about the thing. They're just reporting what happened. Um, And, you know, documentaries are a little bit more entertainment in that they're films versus just a newspaper article, but they are still very much supposed to be in in many cases, you know, outside of the sort of Michael Moore school of documentary (laughs) filmmaking. uh, They are in many cases still supposed to be a reporting of the events and a factual 
uh, account, and that can be that can be really hard when you've sat with these people and heard their stories and you know looked into their eyes and sort of felt their pain. Yeah, uh, it's it's yeah, it's a lot. We we interviewed Millie Klassen, um, who was sort of brave enough to sit down with us. That's Curtis's mother, and mm-hmm. she sort of sort of opens and closes the film. And that interview, uh, like literally a day, not a day has gone by that I haven't thought about um, one one aspect of that interview or the other. It was uh, she's just an incredible woman and. You know, what she told us was, um, you know, heartbreaking and kind of beautiful. And her strength is just, it's just mind boggling that, that anyone can um, sort of have have the wherewithal that she does. She's an incredibly strong woman. And the interview is very intense. And all the interviews are, are like that, where you just end up thinking about them in your head, going over them over and over and over, you know, keep you up at night sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, among the interviews, and I can imagine it was equally intense, uh, was speaking with Earl, which uh, I think is uh, part of the story that uh, not many of us have heard, um, may have our own questions about uh, when it comes to what you know, the story from, from his perspective. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, that, first of all, how how that even came about and, and why it was important for you guys to include that part in this story. Yeah. So I was, I was the one who, who sat down with Earl and, um, and I've spent some time with him uh, now. And um, I think to your question as to why we wanted to speak with Earl, I think it comes back to that uh, concept around everyone's got different perspectives. And and uh, his perspective matters in this as well. And uh, and we were curious to to learn what that was. And, and, um, so yeah, so it, we, we went about trying to, um, meet with them and, uh, I would just say, uh, and one of the key things for me too is, is now having gotten to know him a little bit is to honor his, um, life that he's created for himself now. Right. He's, 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 um, uh, uh, he he's not what people some people think i guess is is just the best way to describe it and um it took almost a year uh for us to to be able to sit down with him um and that was done through the help of some people that were close to him okay uh and people had learned of what we were doing learned the humanistic side of this film that we were approaching it from and and then they were comfortable in setting up a meeting and and um so then i went to to see him uh i thought it was going to be a five minute cup of coffee and i thought he was going to tell me to never call him again um and i thought it was going to be one of those where i could say well i tried Mm. and and um 
uh, honestly, I think I think he and I um, we hit it off like right away, and and he's a very like I, I can share my perspective of that first meeting. Right, mm-hmm. this is I don't have the history, yeah. So I, I come at it with a fresh perspective, right? So which is which is much easier. Um, and so from a fresh perspective. I met a very engaging individual uh, who who um, we hit it off, and and uh, what I thought was going to be a five minute cup of coffee turned into a three hour dinner, Jeez. and and uh, we both shared a lot about our lives. Um, we're the same age, so there's a lot in common, right? And and um, and and yeah, and he. We obviously got into details of of the night, what led up to it, the post, everything, uh, and a lot of which we can't share because that's his request, and that's that's something we'll we'll respect. Um, but it was it brought a different perspective to the table for us when making this film because. Um, and I think for myself more than even the brothers, because the brothers have not met with them. Okay. Um, and that was again, to respect the privacy. Um, but all, all I had was the description of what you have in the press from 30 years ago. And uh, you have um, basically, I was going into this meeting thinking I was going to meet him a monster right and 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 he is nothing like that and and that was so i came away from that now wanting to share that perspective of what he's really like he's he's a he's a human being he what he did is is like I don't know how Tyler came found the strength to forgive. Like I don't. Like, yeah. It was that that incident is is horrific and 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 so again I don't have the emotional scars, if you will, from back then because I didn't I didn't know it. So um, what I walked away with and still have right now is is a feeling towards Earl of empathy. Um, he's. Uh, he's a great individual who's now, um, you know, rec- he, he, he knows like he can't change what happened. Right. And, 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 and he's got to live with that every day of his life. And, uh, and I saw true emotion from him. Um, and, uh, I just walked away saying like, there's an individual who, in my mind is, is, uh, still hurting. Um, and, uh, as you can imagine, and, uh, but, um, has found the strength to, to, um, try and make something of their life and, and, uh, and try to be a positive contributor to society now and, and in the way that they can. And, and, uh, in a way that's, it's, uh, uh, his story too is inspiring. And and uh, to be able to turn your life in the direction he's done, I personally find uh, inspiring. And and uh, um, and I think most people in Altona would not 
fathom that concept and and uh and and so it's it's again i have that lens where i've only known them in the last two years right mm-hmm. and and so um and and uh um i cannot match up the person i see today to the person that's described 30 years ago like they do not line up yeah. and and uh and i think that's the biggest thing and and it's really hard, like, uh, because again, sensitivities around privacy and, and all of that, um, you can't, it's hard to portray that in the film. And at the same time, um, to do so in a way that doesn't take away from everyone else in the film. Yeah. Because that was the other balance as well, because, um, there are so many people that were impacted by this. Uh, tragic event and I think as filmmakers we were focused on not overshadowing any of that yeah right and and so um it's uh yeah so that's why the film you'll see um there's there's excerpts of of uh conversations with Earl but it's uh um done in a way that's I mean, I mean, certainly doesn't take away from the entire film and uh, because it it could have. I think that's uh, all the heavy questions I had. <laughs> uh, is Great. there anything else that you that you guys would like to throw in uh, in talking uh, about this film? I think one yeah, of the unique, unique aspects that I think is worth mentioning is just that, like we didn't have a whole ton of archival footage to rely on for this. We used whatever we could find, but we made the decision early on to uh, anything that took place in the past rather than doing these sort of like live action dramatic reenactments. We decided to do it with animation uh, and John and Nathan are both trained in animation and between the two of them and Thomas, they did all of the animation in this film. And I think that's something that's just sort of worth mentioning and something that I think is unique and makes it stand out a little bit from some of the other true crime uh, documentaries that you see out there. It's pretty, there's some pretty striking visuals that, that they've been able to create, which I think is great. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Sorry. I think beyond, beyond even like the striking visuals, it's, with something we didn't expect when making it is just when you go and watch it and see these animation clips intertwined with Tyler's story or Robin's story or whoever's, there was something about it that suddenly, even though it's a hand-drawn image, it feels like the characters more than it would have if there was an actor playing them. Mm. Um, You know, with a lot of the like true crime stuff, there's a lot of those dramatizations where people are out of focus or they you get distracted by the casting looking so much like them and the animation allows you to like get into that setting and into these people's heads and really connect emotionally mm-hmm. with what's going on and with the characters and um yeah we're really happy with how that all turned out and, um it was a it was a fun thing to explore and obviously very heavy scenes you know you're animating some horrific stuff but you're also animating some very enlightening stuff. And I think that's the same with the film. This film is works so well as a film because it goes through such peaks and valleys of these emotions. It's terrifying on one hand and like so humbling and inspiring on another hand. And 
and it just like takes you through this whole story. And as filmmakers, we realize as we were going, the more we get out of the way of the story and just let it, the story tell itself and let the characters tell the story. Um, it just seemed to work so well. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. And we just hope that people, you know, give the, give the film a chance. Um, as he'd mentioned this, it can be viewed, um, to the Whistler film festival online, uh, festival for the next two weeks, starting on Monday. So, and after that, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we don't have any news or announcements yet as to where it'll be uh, able to be viewed after that. But um, when people have the chance to watch it, we do hope that they'll uh, that they'll that they'll come at it almost as, like we did with an open mind sort of thing and just look at this as a, a story about human beings and not a story about um, something that is cleanly black and white. You know, we realize people. Some people will. Uh, hate the film. <laughs> Some people may love it, but a lot of people will also hate it. But you know, our sort of uh, promise as storytellers is that we did try to uh, tell it from a place of integrity. Yeah. You know, we did try to bring um, some dignity to a, a story that otherwise, in the hands of others, especially you know, big studios and pop culture and all that sort of stuff and big media, might have been turned into something that was exploitative and and. Um, we really tried not to do that. We did. We did truly try to um, tell a story that we think is important. You know, these themes about how you recover from trauma and how you forgive others, we think are as relevant and topical as any themes for today's world with where society is at. Yeah. You know, and and we we feel like all of this, even though it was a harrowing journey for us, was worth it in the context of this being a story that deserves to be told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think well, go ahead. On that note as well, it's what makes it that way too is is just I think we're all so grateful of everyone who stepped up and and were willing to sit down with us and and share their story. Um and mm-hmm. uh and and we want to honor those people for the vulnerability that they showed and and um and that's that helped shape this film to 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 be what it is and and take that different perspective um, and I think on a bigger picture for us too is is we're hoping this film and and this is where um, in one sense we're hoping those in the, uh, the in the community of Altona can can find a way that that this helps heal a little more um, help them with their own processing of what happened. Um, and beyond that, I think this film will have a big impact on others who see it, who are struggling with their own version of trauma, whatever that may be. And, and, um, and that's, that's one of the, the hopes we have coming out of this film is, is it's, it's inspiring versus a dark story at the end of the day. Mm 